Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. Pod when we're winning. We only pod when we're winning. Pod when we're winning. Hey up my ducks. Welcome back to the Forever Forest podcast. It has absolutely been a minute. Once again, uh, Freebs the Tree is not with us. The hamster that runs his internet has died and he can't connect to anything at all. Uh, he will be back. But we have got a very good lineup with me tonight. Firstly, from a snowy New Jersey, Dan White. Icy now. It was snowy. A bit icy now. Yeah. Gotta watch out. Especially the old people. Don't want them falling over and breaking hips and stuff. Fair enough. They can join the injury list at well, Liverpool now. Yeah. Forest seem to be coming out the other side of that. Uh and also Holly Royal. Holly, how are you? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good, mate. Had a whole day of jet washing and walking dogs, so a mixed bag, but all good. <laughs> which which one of those was the highlight? <laughs> oh, you know what? It was probably the jet washing because it's <laughs> extremely satisfying. I don't know whether you've ever done it. It was a really mucky patio full of moss and stuff. And um, it wasn't raining, so it was nice. Nice sort of bit of sun coming through the hedges. It was, yeah, the dogs have been fighting lately. So it was actually, uh, it, was quite, it was quite a relief from that. But that's another story. That did not go the way I thought it was going to go, but <laughs> fair enough. Um, right, look, let's, let's dive into it. Uh, yeah, pod when we are winning. It has been a while since maybe any of us have had anything to really cheer about. Before this past weekend, I know that most conversations I was having with people, we were all kind of resigned to our fate. We couldn't see any way other than the drop. Really typical stuff for Forrest. If we win, suddenly all we do is look up and think that we're ready to take on the world. When we lose, we accept the basement and the trapdoor is wide open for us. So a reasonable and objective opinion, Dan, off the back of West Ham, where where do your thoughts lie at the minute? Are things rosy or should we calm down? We're still getting relegated, I think. Um, no, I, I, it was. I, I, it's kind of, you have to compartmentalise it a bit, don't you? Because... Um... It's it's West Ham and it's great. Any any game you win in the Premier League is great. So I'll take the win and it was enjoyable. And I only ever watch match of the day when we've won a game because I hate watching it when we've lost. Um, so it meant I could actually watch all the games this weekend, watch all the goals, enjoy it, watch some of them back, all the angles, all the social media stuff uh, that comes out on YouTube. So that was all fantastic. In the bigger picture, um, West Ham are absolutely fucking dreadful. I think that, that's the worst team I've seen granted on TV and everything at the city ground for a year and a half, probably maybe you could argue Leicester last year, but um, yeah, they, they look terrible. So I don't want to get too excited about what it means for us. And I think we've only beaten one team in the bottom half of the season, uh, bottom half of the table this season. Um, so that's slightly worrying in some degrees and slightly uh, more upbeat in others that we beat teams in the top half. But all of that said, uh, wins a win. I like it. So happy. Yeah, that win against a, a bottom half side came on day one of the season as well. Uh, yeah, we, we do have a bit of a habit of dropping points. That was the most comfortable I think I've seen us in any game this season. And while I don't want to take anything away from the lads, admittedly West Ham were, were woeful. They were really bad. Other than Kudus maybe having a little bit of a threat about him, they really didn't offer anything. Um, Mikhail Antonio 
doesn't look the same player. His race is definitely run. I think he'll probably be playing somewhere like Charlton next season at a guess. Um, Holly or, or we Forest. Were... Yeah, maybe. We nearly had him last year, <laughs> didn't we? There were some rumours around that. Um, Holly, did you enjoy the game? Were you there? I did. Um, I was in T-block uh, for the second time this season. Um, quite like that because we're right in front of the away fans, um, which is great, obviously, in that block when we're winning and we're scoring goals. Um, it's good fun. Um, yeah, fantastic. I mean, really assured, accomplished, attacking, any other words beginning with A. Um, we did what we needed to do, didn't we? We needed to stop their set piece threat, which we did, I thought we did really, really well. Um, as you were talking about Antonio nullifying him and Bowen, I thought they did us a favour because they both had really poor games. Um, and then kill them with our electric pace, which we did as well. So very, very happy. And like Dan said, they were terrible. Uh, they really were quite terrible. Um, so I don't think we should... I mean, I am always am slightly a glass half empty person, but I don't think we should be getting too carried away with ourselves. But we got the job done. Um, players like Callum Hudson Adoy are picking up some really good form now. Um, we've got the goalkeeper situation sorted. Um, I thought Felipe worked really well with Murillo. Um, so it looks like things are like really tightening up all over the pitch. So it's very, very promising, but we've still got a long way to go. And especially with the, the FFP hanging over our head. I mean, it's just an unknown quantity at the moment, isn't it really? But yeah, very happy. Yeah, we will come on to the FFP. Uh, admittedly, no, nothing factual to update anyone on. Uh, we've been away for nearly a month and we still have nothing to really uh, bring to the table in terms of what we can expect other than rumours and conjecture. But going back to Saturday, looking at that team, I want to know what you guys think for man of the match from that game. Uh, it was a solid 2-0 win, which we don't get to say a lot. Nico Williams officially got player of the game. Uh, do you agree with that? I mean... Hearing this, actually, um, people talking about the fact that it could have been so many different people that got man of the match is a, is a really good thing, isn't it? That we're talking about the whole team could potentially have, have got it. Um, I was pleased that Nico got it. Um, as I described on tw on uh, on Twitter, I thought or X as it's called now, um, I thought it was a colossus on on Saturday. You know, he throws his body on the line for ninety minutes. Um, he's always attack minded. Um, and he's just screaming, pick me boss, pick me boss, get me starting every week now, isn't he? Um, so can't fault the lad. I thought he was fantastic. Um, Tavares as well, I thought, did really, really well. His link-up play with Callum, um, again, as mentioned earlier, Callum Hudson-Odoi is just finding some fantastic form. I thought he was full of confidence again on Saturday. But Felipe did really well. Um, I mean, it could have been any number, but I, I'm, I was pleased that Williams got it. I think he deserved it. Um, uh, I would say, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Nico, for you, Dan? Yeah, I think, as Holly said, um, and I think, as we've said before, when we're doing well, it's hard to pick a man of the match. And when we're not doing well, everyone has a really poor game. Because, um, believe it or not, it's a team sport, right? So it's you don't usually come out of it with three 10 out of 10s and, and eight 2 out of 10s. But um, I would pick, yeah, Nico had a good game, a uh, very good game. And I think, again, I'm going to agree with uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, of that that front four, I think he stood out as the one. Obviously, you got Tyre scoring goals, but we kind of expect that now, so it's probably a bit unfair not to single him out. But um, I think Callum Hudson-Odoi is the one that's on the kind of the trajectory of of improving game on game at the moment. So um, that was good to see. Was it Philip Billings who got sent off for kicking him at Bournemouth? 
Who was it? Yes. Yeah, it was. Has he done us a favour in proving to Callum Hudson-Odoi that he is not necessarily made of biscuits? Yeah, because it was the Achilles. I don't know if it was the same foot, but that was the problem he had. That was the yeah. original issue he had, right, at Chelsea. Maybe that's the case. But I think, again, it's it's one of these things like we talked about at the beginning of last season when everyone was like, oh, God, we've made 27 signings. We've got to let the team gel. And then we're not doing well after four games. And everyone's like, oh, God, this is rubbish. It's like, well, you were saying a month ago, you've got to let the team gel. We didn't get Callum Hudson-Odoi for three million because he was going to hit the ground running. So I think there's got to be a bit of patience. And just like last year, it was about this time when Cooper had his second wind and things started falling into place. Maybe it's just taken this long with a few false starts for him to have, what, four or five games on the run, on the spin, um, doing what he wants to do, not getting injured, as you said. And um, it's a confidence game, right? So he's, uh, it's probably, yeah, that just that getting going now and the, the steeper gradient in terms of uh, improvement as time goes on. He is absolutely having a bit of a purple patch, uh, given the, the run that he has had over the past few years. Um, there were a lot of big performances in that game. The only mistake that comes to mind in the match led to arguably one of the match's greatest moments, and that was Felipe fluffing a back pass, and then Murillo just, well, Murillo retiring Mikel Antonio, and like that was it's like watching two lions. Uh, on the the savannah and the younger lion definitely came out on top on that one Uh, Murillo we're not gonna see him for much longer are we Holly no I was just no I was thinking the other day just enjoy him just enjoy him because I mean he was a joy to watch again on Saturday I mean as you say I think Antonio was probably picking up his p45 down the tunnel wasn't he bless him um yeah he just did everything spot on he didn't panic he let uh, he let Antonio just make decide what he was going to do, and he followed. He just watched the ball the whole way, and it was just effortless, wasn't he? The way he just took that ball out of his out of his stride, um, nice and simple. Um, it, it's an absolute godsend to us. I love him to pieces, and um, yeah, just enjoying while we've got him because you know, whatever happens next season, um, I think we'll we'll struggle to keep hold of him to be honest, because he's a real real star. Some money will be on the table, I'm certain, uh, for him. It does lead us to a bit of a question mark, though. Now, we look so assured. Now, was that because West Ham was so poor? Does Felipe bring a little more composure to that back line? Should he be playing this weekend at Villa? Would you bring Musa back? I don't know for me at the minute. Jury's definitely out. Dan, big calls to be made. Uh, where would you go? I, I would probably go, all things being equal, probably back to near Carte. Um, not because Felipe had a bad game, but I think you've just got to, that's why we have the squad, right? You've got to match up against who you're playing. And um, I had a friend actually from over here who went over to take his kid to their first Fulham game. There are now signed up Fulham fans and they played Villa. And so I watched that game with it kind of in detail. And they're frightening going forward. Like when you look at Watkins and um, a host of people behind him, especially at home, we're going to be, you know, I think West Ham had two shots on goal during during the whole game. Okay. It's probably going to be 10 times that, I would have thought, against Villa. Um, even if we're having a good game, they're just an attacking team. Emery's got them set up really well. Um, and I just don't know with the pace and everything else whether Felipe is the right call there. And Nierkarte just, I think Nierkarte and Murillo is probably the solidest of combinations in terms of keeping the ball out of the net. 
Um, so I would I would definitely swap it up. I think um, Bama Daly, if that's how you pronounce it, um, I think he's looked good. But again, him and Murillo, there's just, it's cliche, but just a little bit of lack of experience. Both of them featured last night on Monday Night Football on a table that Carragher and Neville and everyone put up of, um, or Carragher, I think, last night. Uh, with Jesse Marsh as to the, you know, the top eight centre-backs under the age of 21. And we had two on that list last night. Um, so I just think that might be a bit too much away from home. And I'm still mentally scarred from John Joe Shelby giving them all away at Villa last year. So I think shut up shop and uh, let Langer and uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi run, run them ragged at the back. Speaking of keeping the ball out the net, Matt Sells, do you feel a little bit more comfortable, Holly? Yeah. I think the fact that I kind of forgot that he was there is a good thing because, you know, he didn't really have a lot to have any mistakes to make or a lot to do, really. Um, I think the the players in front of him have definitely thrived, having a cooler head. Um, they're not, they don't think there's going to be some calamity waiting to happen behind them, I think, and that must feed forward. So, yeah, really pleased, really happy. Um, I'm sure he will have a mis- mistake in him at some point, but so far, so good, um, and hopefully it won't happen at Villa. Yeah, I, he he didn't have a lot to do. I think Dan was right when he mentioned that. And the saves that he made, one was a Ward-Prowse free kick. Who, by the way, has he always been right-footed? Why was I always imagining he was a left-footer? It, it was an odd moment. We gave away a free kick on the edge of the box. And I wasn't as concerned because I thought he was going to step up with his left. And then he stepped up with his right. And the, the nerves started to set in because I was right behind the yeah. goal. Uh, yeah, is that I, the one in the bridge for that by the bridge for them at the end. Yeah, second half. Yeah, one nil. We're absolutely bricking it that that's going in. Oh absolutely. yeah, I was dead set. Yeah. How we managed to yeah. But yeah, he 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 does look more assured. I tell you what, he definitely looks better with his feet, and it it wasn't anything fancy. It's just takes a composed touch that leaves him either with a simple option, or he has got the composure to just get rid um relatively quickly just yeah i don't think he's going to set the world alight and knowing nottingham forest i imagine we might still end up in the market for another first team keeper in in the summer because that would just be typically us uh but yeah solid solid option in there at the minute uh nuno tavares there was so much chat after the game on x or twitter i'm still calling it twitter elon can yeah, he can swivel. It's still Twitter to me. Um, there was a lot of chat on there after the game about, you know, how fans had written him off and there were plenty of people suddenly claiming that they never had. They're chatting absolute nonsense. He, he had a good game and he's definitely offering something, but I don't know. Am I harsh in thinking that he's still a little bit of a vulnerability for us? Definitely looks great going forwards. Definitely gives like he offers pace down that wing that you maybe don't have with Callum Hudson Odoi, but the combination of the two opens up space and does enough to make defenders think about uh, how deep they need to lie. Is he is he your first choice left back, Dan? Um, is he my first choice left back at the moment? He probably is. Um, because he seems to be fitting the team. And again, I come back to the team rather than the individual. He seems to work with what's around him. That doesn't necessarily mean he's our best left back. Um, But again, like you say, defensively, he hasn't had to do too much. And against West Ham, he didn't have to do too much. Um, But then again, he was kind of up against Jared Bowen for a while and Bowen didn't 
I, you kind of, it's all relative, like you say, how much of it is to do with West Ham, how much is it to do with us? But I, I looked on a couple of West Ham kind of vlogs and stuff, and they were talking about the fact that Bowen didn't get out of his own half. Now, is that because he's got Callum Hudson-Odoi and Tavares to kind of deal with, maybe? And maybe that's what helps us. The only thing that frustrates me with Tavares, and again, I never wrote him off, but I'll be the first to say I don't haven't been impressed with him when he was at Arsenal or when he's been with us. Um, so it was a pleasant surprise that he had a, a decent game at the weekend. But the thing that just annoys me is he's almost too quick when he's got four attacking players ahead of him and options to take a shot from 30 yards or to take a cross first time and everything is going over the bar into the stands. Like I think he had one on target maybe. Um, but you just know it was the same at Bournemouth. He's just consistently just smashing the ball into the into the trend end and that that just wound me up slightly. So um if he's gonna be if he's gonna be in the team because he's good at going forward, I think he's got to be better at decision making in that in that sense. His last shot of the game was a lot closer. I'll give him that. Like <laughs> he, he narrowed the sights in more and more as the game went on. Um is it a good thing though that he's we've got players who are tying up the defence to the point that players in that position are having enough space to have a dig. And admittedly, Holly Danilo missed one in the first half as well. They do need if you're going to shoot, we we need to start challenging um, from from outside the box. But before the game, we even had a video of a, a compilation of Forrest scoring goals outside the box this season. So we're getting better at it, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think their keeper had an absolute blinder, didn't he? I think he was their best player. There was a um, fantastic shot. Was it in the first half from Danilo? Um, I don't know whether you or mean you mean the one um, just outside the box. He had one in he had one in the first half that rose well over the bar. It, it's hard to tell when you're right behind the goal how close it actually was to being on target. But I'm glad you do mention Ariola because that was arguably the best goalkeeping display I've seen at the uh, City Ground since Samba in the playoffs. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen a keeper call. I, certainly the best away performance from a goalkeeper that I can personally recall. It's Big save after big save. The one-on-one tackle with Taiwo was just so, so composed. If uh, if we ever had to go back into the market, I'd be saying have a look at him. He was really on, on his form that day. Um, but yeah, sorry, I took away from uh, from the original, no, no, which, was, which was us having a bit of a dig more often. Shock horror, the XG's gone up. Yeah, well, why not? I mean thing with Tavares though going back to him he just he is so frustrating isn't he it just feels like he, he'll show us a bit of what he's good at and only when he can be bothered and and sometimes it's like oh, okay I'll just hold back or make a really bad decision um but I know I do like the fact that we're having a few pops outside the box and one of them will hopefully come off fairly soon um but yeah I mean we could have had what four or five had their keeper not been on form on Saturday so it does bode well I'm going to make a controversial call on that keeper, though. As much as it was good, I think people are getting carried away. I watched the the highlights back. And first of all, it was quite funny. If you go onto West Ham's Twitter, they put out their official highlights for the game and not a single one of the highlights had them in possession or in our half. It was all our chances and the goals because there was nothing to show. It was brilliant. Um, But aside from that, I watched it back and I think probably four or five of those if any of those had gone in, it would have been, yeah, that keeper's let it through. They were all at him. They were all down them down his throat. I think there was one in the corner, but I'm not convinced, apart from that one you talk about where he came out to to get the ball off Tyro's feet, 
the rest of them, the Alanga one in the first half, the Gibbs-White one in the first half, Danilo in the second half, they were all just banged straight at him and he knew nothing of it. Um, so not to say that he didn't do a job of keeping them out, but I think his performance was overrated in that game. So I'll stand by that. Maybe that says a lot about the standard of goalkeeping performances that I've witnessed Maybe. this season. Uh, fair enough, right? I'll go back and watch them and try and form a more uh, objective opinion. Uh, before we move on to the men's first team manager, we've got to give a shout out to Carly Davis, uh, the uh, manager of the month award, quite rightly going to the uh, Forest women's head coach. She had a tough act to follow in arriving this season. And Holly, you actually did a double header, didn't you? Um, are you excited by everything that's going on with the women's team at the moment? Yeah, I think we're building something really nice. Um, I was gutted when Andy left. Um, made total sense. He wanted to go back up to the northeast. Different challenge, fair enough. And obviously Newcastle are um, um, full-time, so fair enough for that as well. Um, but I love what Carly's come in and done. I think it's her first... Uh, man managerial job. Um, I think she's been assistant at West Brom, done some bits for, correct me if I'm wrong, it's, I think it's the under-19th 19th England stuff as well. Um, so I think she's sort of, you know, been chomping at the bit, obviously, to kind of get first team uh, first team coach um, responsibilities. And she's, yeah, she's been fantastic. I think we're just playing, sort of picking up where Andy left off. We've made some really good signings, uh, particularly... Uh, Luan Worsey from uh, um, from Birmingham has done really well. Uh, we've gone unbeaten in January. Um, fortunately, went out to Everton in the cup. Um, was the double header, like you said, that I, that I went to. Uh, we lost seven one, unfortunately, but we, we have had a good account of ourselves and still playing some really really good football. Um, you know, she didn't park the bus. She actually went for it. And um, hats off to that because that was quite brave. Um, very attacking minding. So yeah, really really excited by. Um, what's to come really I think she's building uh, definitely building something exciting for the future yeah a bit of a gap now for uh, the women's team before the next game I don't think they play again until the start of March but 1-1 draw at the weekend against Liverpool Feds I don't think I've ever hated a team any more at face value than Liverpool Feds uh, just awful awful but 1-1 that one um, right there's been some awkward chats going on, aren't there always awkward chats going on on our Twitter timeline? There's always got to be some kind of vitriolic argument. Uh, what is social media without it? You have to uh, tap into the most toxic version of yourself to be there. And at the minute, the debate, for no reason whatsoever, keeps coming back to... Um, Cooper versus Nuno, some people who who can't let go. And oh, and then the other side of it, that Cooper was a fraud. It, it all seems a bit needless to me. But what is undeniable, Nuno has got us, he's getting a tune out of some players at the minute. In terms of how he's setting up the team, the noises he's making um, off the pitch. For you, Dan, Nuno um, looking like a, a sturdy appointment? Yeah, so far, I think um, you can't expect miracles out of anyone. Um, and I think there's, um, what's the famous, is it Thierry Henry or someone who's speaking about Ronaldo and Messi? Or is, it, is it Ferdinand, Rio Ferdinand, when he goes, why can't we just sit back and enjoy them both? It's like Cooper gave us probably the best two years or close to um, that most people under the age of 40 have seen at Forest, probably, um, or at least 35. So that's nice. And we're still in the Premier League and now we've got a manager who seems to be able to pick up points against some big teams and the stats are better. So that's also nice. So 
I quite like them both, to be honest. Um, obviously, we've got a smaller sample size with Nuno, but all the um, chatter beforehand about him being defensive and, oh, look at how he was at Spurs and he only had Portuguese national players at Wolves and, you know, there was kind of a bit of a, is he a fraud? And then he's gone to Saudi Arabia, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've been, I've enjoyed the football, which at the end of the day, I think is as a fan, yes, you want the results as well. So that, that helps. But um, I'll actually enjoy just sitting down and watching the games and watches going forward. And that's probably an improvement over what we were seeing in the kind of pragmatic end of last season when we had to get Musa to throw balls into the box from 50 yards um, and hope Tyo got a knockdown. And then from the start of this season, which was a bit kind of just, I, I don't know, I think I just wanted Cooper to be put out of his misery and, you know, move on. So um, happy, happy with how it's going so far. And I love how much Nuno hates press conferences and has to give any answer through a, a false smile. It's fantastic. He gets on really well with Colin Frey, though. I will say that. He, he seems to like his post-match interviews more than he does the uh, required media visit on, on a Thursday. Uh, Holly, are, are you a Nuno fan or is the jury still out? No, very much so. Um, I think, look, what Cooper achieved was absolutely phenomenal and a lot of people will cling to that in the same way that whenever manager was sacked there would still be people calling for Billy Davis um, just because people cling to times when we're good and we haven't had many of them have we as Forest fans in the last few years so um, but I know I'm really pleased I, I love I love the way that we're, we're going for it I love our style of football that we're playing now um, we've got to move forward haven't we we can't live in the past I mean we're great at living in the past at this club but um you know, we've just got to draw a line under it and move on. And if we want to stay in the Premier League, we've got to be a bit more forward thinking. Um, so, yeah, uh, but I do understand the sentimentality. I mean, I'm a sentimental old romantic fool myself, so I, I do miss him in some ways. And I think, you know, we all love the atmosphere that was created in that first season, the fist pumps. Um, I know they're a bit cheesy, but I do miss them. Um, and I do feel like the slight element of the atmosphere has gone down which is a shame, but that's possibly just, you know, second second season syndrome, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm sure it'll come. I'm sure it'll come if we can stay in the Premier League. But that's, um, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? But no, I'm happy. I'm very happy with Nuno. It could be a lot worse, put it that way. It absolutely could. You mentioned the atmosphere there. Felt like it was coming back to me at the weekend. It felt like it was coming back against Newcastle. There are pockets in games where we really get behind the lads, but this Saturday was the first time I think I've seen four ends of the ground all going for a rendition of magic on and off the pitch. And it was that first time really under Nuno that I think we've carried the team over the line. I mean, we didn't have to in the end because they actually put a game to bed for once. Um, but that that's, I don't know if it's second season syndrome or the fact that we just haven't been winning it's very it's easy to maintain an atmosphere when you keep shit housing teams to one nil wins um when you keep throwing games away three two it's a little bit harder or when you're drawing uh against blackpool or getting taken all the way to penalties against bristol city uh yeah pulling me surprised that the ground uh takes a little bit of cajoling to get to its feet um Looking ahead then to, uh, well, actually, you know what? Before we look ahead to the weekend, let's discuss the elephant in the room, which is FFP. 
I have no insight. I don't think anyone really does. All we've got is a bit of conjecture and guesswork. Dan, are you worried? Is it going to relegate us? Um, I hope not. So my feeling is, and again, just based off everything that's public knowledge, um, is we're going to get a points deduction. And if, if we were at any stage now or in the past planning to use the argument that we needed to sell Johnson and we did it later, um, then that would suggest that we are, you know, a reasonable bit over. Uh, it doesn't have to be all of his fee, but some of it. Um, so I'm working on the basis just to make myself have some something to work towards that we're going to see ourselves have six points taken off us. And if you take six points off from where we are today, we're banging a relegation battle. Um, but I have to say, that aside, six points isn't an awful lot when the talk four months ago was, oh, well, we've got Sheffield United, Burnley and Luton. They're going to... It doesn't matter how many points anyone has taken off them. Those three are going to get relegated anyway with, you know, record low points scoring. Ultimately, if we get relegated this year, it's because we won't have been as good as Luton. That's the bottom line, right? So um, we can we can blame it on PSR or FFP or whatever it's called if we get points taken off us. But ultimately, with our squad, the amount of money we've spent, the kind of ambition that we have as an organisation versus the lowly little Luton with their 11,000 fans in their their little old stadium. Um, if we get if we get out um, fought by them, especially if we've got to play them again at Kenilworth Road, um, then I'd, I'm not going to blame FFP or anything else. One, we've spent the money, so we need to take the punishment. And two, we should be better than six points more than the bottom three in this league. And if we're not, then you know that's that's our own doing. If it is six points. Thank the universe that we did Newcastle away and United at home because I don't think if we... I'm looking at those as those were a bonus for us uh, this season and could well be what saves us. Holly, how nervous are you on that front? Or are you just trying to put it out of mind? At the moment, I'm just trying to put it out of my mind. I mean, I think if it's any more than six, I think that's us done for. Um all we can hope is that we just keep picking up points, keep plugging away. It's so frustrating that we have no idea what our punishment will be. Um, but then obviously teams around us don't either. And yeah, like Dan said, Luton have done fantastically well this season and we've only really got ourselves to blame. Um, we've got some really tricky games coming up. Like you say, going to Luton, Burnley and the Blades away. They're all going to be very, very difficult games. I mean, obviously Burnley and Sheffield United pretty much be gone by then I would have thought um yeah if it comes down to FFP that relegates us it's just going to be a real sickener isn't it it really is um but at the end of the day we broke the rules so but yeah I'm trying not to think about it too much um but it's such a forest thing to have happened isn't it <laughs> it doesn't surprise me there's something to be said I think for potentially and I'm not you know you can get into the psychology and say what's better or what's worse but there's something to be said for not knowing for a while because if you look at our position, if we get six points taken off us this week, we're on 18. Sheffield United and Burnley, still to players, are then only five points behind us. And they suddenly start going, hang on a minute, five points. Well, if we beat them at home, it's now only three points and we're within a win of catching another team that we didn't expect. So I think that gives those to a huge boost if we find out soon that we've got the six-point deduction. Um, so I'd prefer for us to kind of get a bit more space first if we possibly can, maybe get another three or four points in the bag over the next few weeks. And then, you know, it, it, it's 
as you say, they're probably gone by that point anyway. But if we're brought within five points of the bottom place, that to me, that's I think I'm not convinced our squad is going to be up for that fight. But hopefully, I'm proved wrong. The barometer is probably going to be this Everton appeal. So once we see how that goes, then we might have a, a little bit more reason to be optimistic or pessimistic. Flip a coin, we will find out. Right, just before we move on to guess the Garibaldi to close out the show, um, predictions for the weekend. Holly, Forest away at Aston Villa. Score, what are we doing? I'm I'm quite hopeful with this one. Uh, let's not forget we beat them at home. I know it was a long time ago, um, but I thought we did quite well last season there. We held them quite well until um, John Joe Shelby decided to give the game away. Um, so I reckon it's going to be 1-1. A nice, nice draw. I'll be happy with that. That's a nice... Uh, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, and I think a point is a very good point at Villa Park this season. Um I'm I'm gonna say it's gonna be a bit of a goal fest though. I'm going three three. I think the way both teams play uh, kind of lends itself for both teams to score quite a few. And the optimist in me is saying it'll be a draw. I can't hack another three two. Dan, what are you saying? Yeah, I, I even before you both said that, I was going draw and I was going to say two two because I think we're going to have to score two to get anything out of. Villa, because as much as our defence has looked better, and that was our first clean sheet since November, it was also our first clean sheet since November, so I'm not expecting two. Um, so, yeah, 2-2, two, two, grabbing and lolly for me, <laughs> just for old time's sake. Haven't they got injuries as well? Haven't they got a few key people out? Yeah, a couple are knocking around. So, yeah, fingers crossed we get a bit of time this season where we're not the injured ones and can capitalise. But yeah, as you say, point would be excellent. Happy days. Right, drum roll, please. Dan, on your return, mate, take it away with Guess the Garibaldi. All right, so I'm going to give four clues. I'll pause after each one if anyone wants to guess. And if you're playing at home, give yourself a chance to guess. And I'll reveal at the end if no one's got it. Do you want the easy one or the hard one? They're both from the same time period. And both clues have the time period in the first bit. They're both from 2018 or that time. Let's go for the hard one on the basis yeah. of we don't pay for Zoom. And if it takes longer, we at least can see the time. All right. Okay. So on the 21st of April, 2018, so the back end of the 17-18 season, this player made his debut for the club late in the season in a 2-1 away defeat against Cardiff City debut at the end of the 2017-18 season. Oh. Who was coached 2017-18? Was it Artur Kranker? That, that sounds like a key for more goal as well, doesn't it? Um, oh. right, Move on I, if there's no... I've not got it. Let's have another clue. Yeah. Alright. He left that same summer, surprise, surprise, at Forest. Uh, so the summer of 2018, after only six months at the club, despite signing an 18-month contract, uh, we sold him to Werder Bremen in Germany for £300,000. That should be a whopping big clue, really, shouldn't it? It should, yeah. be. It should be, but this is the hard one, of course. How many players do we sell full stop, uh, let alone Werder Bremen? Yeah. Profit, um... I, profit I believe, but I, I'm not quite sure. Um one more clue. Give us another. All right. Having played nine times for his country, 
so the the first team for his country. He has played domestically in his home country for both Olympiakos and Panathinaikos. So he's Greek, obviously, played for the national team, played played for Forest in 2018, played four times. We sold him to Werder Bremen, and he's played for Olympiakos and Panathinaikos, which is quite unusual. Oh, this is really hard, Dan. Yeah, it is hard. All okay, right, last clue. Yeah, one more. Yeah, go for this, it. this goalkeeper has now returned to Greece and plays for Panatolikos. Now, who he signed for hasn't given me anything at all, but the fact that it's a keeper, I'm now racking my brain. To yeah, who... we should know this. Greek keeper that's not Vlahodomos. That played, that actually played. Yeah, we've not had a lot of them. Um... Got him from Olympiakos, of course. Uh, Holly, you got a guess? Oh, did he? He's not... The fellow that you wore the head headband was he the? Nah, that's he was Stoikovic. Serbian. That was Stoikovic. Oh, Capino. Yeah. Capino, yes, Stefanos. Oh, Capino. get in. Uh, that was that, Dan. That's niche. That was really <laughs> niche. Flipping heck. Naughty, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it was a hard one. I could have given you an easy one. Hard. You see. Go on, try us with the easy one. See if we can beat the club. All right, I'll run through it. All right. Initially joining Forest on loan, he made his move permanent in 2018 and went on to make over 100 first-team appearances for Forrest. I'm genuinely at a loss that any player in that period could reach 100 appearances. Currently playing in South America, Brazil to be specific, he had a short spell elsewhere in England after his departure from Forrest, but never featured in the Premier League. So he's played for us and someone else outside the Premier League, and now he's playing for Brazil. Any guesses, Hal? No. Did you say what year he left? Uh, I didn't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it was. Well, it was the summer before we got into the Premier League. So there's an extra bonus right. clue. Um, he represented his country at all youth levels, but has never played for the men's first team. I'm gonna give you the last clue. Yeah. And see if you get it. This centre back scored three goals for Forest during his time at the City Ground and was a member of the promotion-winning squad. And yes, Joe Worrell is not playing in Brazil. So it's not <laughs> him. Oh. And it's not Steve Cook. So who else was oh, in our promotion-winning side that's played a hundred times for us? Scott McKenna. No. Nope. He didn't go to Brazil. What am I talking about? I can't think of any more centre-backs. Who has played for us? He is very much in... not in a warm climate. <laughs> He's in <laughs> Copenhagen. <laughs> He's in Copenhagen, right? Playing in the yeah. Champions League. Um, You'll kick yourself. Went to... not... He went to another club before... In England, before he went, before up, he went, he went abroad. Right. And, and and he featured in the promotion-winning season. Yeah, I think he played 20-plus games. One? Yeah, yeah. 20-plus games in our promotion season, played 100 times for the club, centre-back, now playing in Brazil. Went oh. to another club after us. Come on, guys. We're going to get the team outers for this, Holly. All right, here we go. Elias oh. Figueiredo. Of course. Oh, my God. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. How do I get Capino and not Figueiredo? There you go. World's gone 100 mad. 100 times. So maybe that's a surprise, but when you think about it, it probably not actually was there. With a nah, support, he was, I think so. Yeah, he was he was um, there for a good old stint, wasn't he? Hang on, did yeah. he? Did, he's ended he went up to Brazil. Hull. 
he went to Hull first. He yeah, he did. Yeah. He went to Hull for a year, and then um, after that, he was clubless for a while and uh, went to Brazil. Just like all our players who say they want to leave because they're homesick, he's gone to Brazil, and uh, Lingard's gone to South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Fair it's right. us that after all. Maybe it's yourself. maybe it is us. Maybe it is our problem. Maybe. Um, uh, right. Well, fantastic. That good to have you back, Dan. Uh, world flipped on its head there. Us getting the hard one with relative ease uh, compared to the open goal. Uh, yeah. Right. Forrest, take on Villa at the weekend. After that, we've got a big FA Cup tie against Manchester United. Hopefully, the good vibes continue and hopefully we get another pod out before we play Liverpool. Until then, you Reds. Hey!